Welcome to the Meet Hope Podcast, where we have conversations about faith and hope. Hope is one church made of people living out their faith through two expressions, in person and online. We believe a hybrid faith experience can lead to a growing influence in our community and our world for the sake of others. Welcome to Hope. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Meet Hope podcast. My name is Andrew. I am the worship arts director here at Hope, and I am so happy to have my brother, uh, Chris Paluzak, here with me. Chris is um, one of the volunteer worship leaders at Hope. Man, welcome. Thank you. I'm very flattered to be here. Well, we are honored to have you, truly. Thank you. So, uh, why don't we just go? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, spell your last name for us. Uh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about you. That was a that was a great question. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, uh, I'm Chris Paluzak. Yeah. Uh, I live with my wife Caitlin and our four boys, uh, who are a delight. Thank you. I yes. appreciate that. I'm, can you I'm, name I'm, all four I'm of them? That you can say that, uh, Sean, Sean, Josh, Oliver, and Graham, uh, our dog Brinkley mm-hmm. and our cat Nana. Nice. And we live right here in Voorhees. Well, very cool. Well, I, today, um, we're kind of talking about a couple things today, but first just want to get to know a little bit about your story and how you sure. got to where you are today. Uh, you are a brilliant worship leader, my friend, and, oh, I, and I, I don't know if I tell you that enough. That's um, kind. Thank you. You're welcome. But I so just wanted to be able to talk to you a little bit about your story and um, how you view worship in your everyday life because I know you and I sure. talk about you yeah. know worship is an extension of our lives. So um, yeah, start from really wherever you want. But you know, where, what about you? How did you get to where you are today? Sure. I mean, it's I, I think it's uh, at least for myself when I look back, it's really interesting because it starts very early. It mm-hmm. starts at about four years old, um, and my dad was in a what you would look at now as a worship band, mm-hmm. a traveling worship band. Um, but back then they didn't really have them, right? Churches were still doing the choir mm-hmm. and the hymns. And uh, he was in a band called New Creation, and uh, they would travel around and do worship on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the time I was from four maybe to about nine or 10 years old, yeah. I, I went along with him. Nice. Um, when I was four, my parents got me a drum set for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot, a lot of people don't know this because you, you yeah. are a drummer like yeah. that first, like yep, trained. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is uh, one of my, I didn't know that right away when we first met and yeah. then yeah, you went to school for drums. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I graduated yeah. with a, with a bachelor of arts in performance from mm-hmm. Kutztown, studied under Will Rapp and nice. yeah, I got my percussion degree. So was music for you always like an expression of who you are? Yeah, very much so. I think uh I think the older I got, the it kind of changed, mm-hmm. but it was always um most definitely a way to express myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even from early on. Nice. Very cool. So then how how did you sort of come into your relationship with God? Yeah, so so my dad did that and then um and that was great cuz I love that music. It mm-hmm. was, you know, they they were doing things from the Imperials and mm-hmm. Dallas Home and uh you know, it was just during the time Amy Grant's Age to Age album had just come out. So she young. Yeah, yeah, she young, yeah. yeah. it was really 82. Mm-hmm. Um and Michael W. Smith's Project album came out and uh so that was really kind of my first experience to Christian music, but you know, my mom was a huge influence in my life with secular music, mm-hmm. and she uh, she used to listen to the radio all the time, and that was just really great. But really, my big sister 
was probably a major influence in my life. And, and we have an age difference of eight years. Mm-hmm. So um, it was great because she would be in her bedroom listening to the radio and she just kind of had me in there and I would just be with drumsticks pounding on pillows That's all the cool. time. Um, so, uh, you know, so I got some background there. Um, and then when I was 12, I started playing guitar. Mm. Uh, my dad was a classical guitar player, you know, along with, with, you know, kind of the contemporary Christian music. Yeah. Um, so there was guitars laying around the house. So I just pick some guitars up and fool around with them. And then eventually that called on and I had always, uh, was singing, Mm. um, school plays, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I went to college. I got my music degree while I was in college. Um, I met some guys and we wanted to start a band. Mm -hmm. So we started a secular rock band. Nice. Um, and we did a lot and, uh, we did our own stuff, uh, along with covers. We, recorded an EP. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, when I look back now, that was really interesting to see how kind of the faith path mm. played through all of that. Um, to realize that was in my twenties and life wasn't really that great back then. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, the writing and the songs I look back on are cries out to God, mm-hmm. You know, um, really leaning on God, really asking some hard questions. Um, and that kind of, you know, we did an EP that kind of fell apart. Um, and then I didn't know what God wanted me to do at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through a really hard time in my late 20s and just didn't know where the Lord wanted me. So things being things, I kind of just left that area, just mm-hmm. left music in general, left Mm. the church. Mm. Um, There were some things that happened in the church that I wasn't happy with. So, you know, I kind of just moved out of everything of my life. And I guess what you could say is I just wanted to be normal for a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I do get that. Um, And I ended up meeting Caitlin Mm -hmm. and I moved to Philadelphia Nice. and we got married and we started a family. And um, after, while she was pregnant with our twins, which are our youngest, um, she really wanted to find a church that had a lot of youth where mm-hmm. the kids could be raised. Yeah, um, We tried a lot of different churches. I'm not a real church person. Mm-hmm. Um, and we came to Hope, and we loved Hope. Yeah, um, And I never thought about music at all. Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in service one day and she looked over at me and she said, I think God wants you up there. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I should be doing that. I don't want to go anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, that's not me. I, I, I don't want that anymore. Yeah. Um, and then every week we'd come in and she'd say, you know what? I really think, you know, God wants you doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think you should do that. So that was, we started coming here in November and then by April she had kept saying it and was very um, diligent. And finally, you know, I said, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Steve Mm -hmm. Hoadley, who was the worship pastor at the time. And we talked, it was a great conversation and I ended up coming on and playing drums. Nice. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to watch that full spectrum from going all the way back to four mm-hmm. being with my dad through his time yeah, 
going into the secular world, mm-hmm. going through that, having the bottom kind of drop out of that, mm. going into nothing, and then coming back to the church. That's cool. I mean, so, it, now I, I ask this question or I think about this a lot because I did the secular band thing for a little yeah. bit too. And the some somebody every once in a while someone will ask me like well what's the difference between like secular music and and worship music because I think it's not as far apart as I think some people do especially like if you listen to if you listen to some of like U 2s stuff I yep. mean that's very highly spiritual questions and um but like for you what if thinking about your secular band days and your worship like what is what's the difference for you in that. Well, I mean, there was a different reason for yep. doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's that's the biggest thing that comes out is um, playing secular music. You're not, or at least I wasn't, really thinking about an act of praise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was more for the art mm-hmm. of it than than anything else. Um, and I th- I think that for me is the biggest difference where yeah. where worship music. Um, is more like jazz to me, mm-hmm. where when we do worship music, every time that we're doing it, my soul is searching for the truth. Mm. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I love that we do live stuff on a Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Like we prep during the week, yeah. but then Sunday morning, however the Holy Spirit moves us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is a really great way for me to be searching for the truth with the Lord leading. Mm-hmm. So then when did in your story, so you're, you're playing drums. How did you go from playing drums to being, I mean, one of the a handful of volunteer worship leaders? Like that's a, yeah, that's interesting. So um, I think Steve knew that I, I played guitar and I sang mm-hmm. and um, I started in the worship team as the, as a drummer. And then um, it wasn't long after that. I think I started in June and then by the following fall or even winter, I, I can't remember quite when, um, Hope started Mount Laurel campus. Yeah. And we were really stretched for worship artists. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember uh, Lonnie Mitchell, who was the worship leader at at Mount Laurel, saying, would you come up and maybe do a, you know, a week mm-hmm. at Mount Laurel and play guitar and sing? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Sure, mm-hmm. no problem. So that's kind of, that was the shift. And then Mount Laurel, too, was, you know, if Lonnie couldn't make it, it ended up sometimes just being me and Susie up mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So there was kind of that slow transition mm-hmm. into. What do you think you learned about yourself? Because, like, being a worship leader is a weird thing. Because, yeah. like, uh, when you are leading worship, you are leading in some ways you're leading the band. I mean, sometimes there's, there's a difference yeah. sometimes between a worship leader and a music director and we kind of blur the lines there. Um, and those are kind of inside terms, but you're, you're kind of facilitating this worship experience along with a bunch of other people, but you're also inviting people into worship. So like, what was the process like for you kind of, I mean, it seems like you're kind of just thrown to the wolves and said, figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you got, you got, you know, walked up alongside by other people with Steve and, and Lonnie, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But like, what was that like to kind of figure out like what it means to be a worship leader and how is that different than just leading a band and a bar, you know, cause yeah. there's, there's big differences, but also big similarities. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I had grown up in the church, mm-hmm. so I had a background of what corporate worship was. Yeah. Um, and you know, if, if you love Jesus and you get in a room full of 
Jesus people. Mm. Um, the Holy Spirit does amazing things. Amen. And you know, you, you can't help but be there in a in a in a worship posture, right? So, um, you know, you and I always agree about this external ad- adoration mm-hmm. of of God. Yeah, and. Um, you figured that, I think for me anyway, like I figured that out really quickly, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, it wasn't, it's not a show. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew I wasn't there to, I'm not, I'm not performing, Yeah, you know, um, I'm not there so people can hear me mm-hmm. sing a song. We're there to, to praise the Lord, right? Like yeah. this is, this it's corporate worship's amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just the coolest thing. And I think that's the part that makes it different than saying, okay, well, again, you know, I'm out in the secular thing and I'm leading a band. And I agree with you that there are parts that are very yeah, similar yeah. to those because we do have to make sure we're, we're hitting the correct mood mm, of the music and we're hitting, we're telling a story and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But there's also this, you know, very spiritual part that it's just not about us. Mm-hmm. And, um, this, it's this, so cool. Yeah, the simplest way I've ever heard it, and I've stolen it and made it my own many times over, and I'm sure I've said it to you in the past, is like the difference between like performance and worship mm-hmm. is where the adoration goes. Yeah. If I'm performing, it's hey everybody look at me. Yep. And um if I'm if I'm worshiping and I'm leading worship, it's hey everybody look at God. Yeah. Uh that's one great. of one of the first and I've I'm definitely I'm sure I've told this story uh on the podcast before, and we talk about a lot is about remembering to duck. It was something that was like one of my first weeks here. I said, don't forget to duck. And it was to go out there, be on fire for God, be even flashy, do, do your music thing. And then at the right moment, duck out of the way and just make sure that the only thing that the congregation sees, whoever, whoever's watching, whoever's a part of this worship that they see is the cross. And I think that, for me, and I, and I think you do this so wonderfully. That is that is the essence of being a worship leader is is remembering to 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 shine the light on Jesus and to be this conduit for Him. Well, thanks. I you mean, know? I think that's that's very kind of you. And and you know, I also don't want people to 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 feel like church is this thing you do, mm-hmm. right? Like it's Sunday. We got to go to church. Mm-hmm. We go to church. We do three songs. Yeah. We listen to a message. Uh, Jeff says, and everybody says, "Amen." Yeah, and then we all go home, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's to me, it's not about that, right? Yeah. Like we're we're coming together as a congregation to praise the Lord, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, right? and it looks. I mean, it looks so much. So I think modern churches have have pigeonholed worship, and they don't. I don't think they do it on purpose to like music and preaching, right? But like, and singing. You know, sometimes I'll even find the pastor saying you know, the words that we sing yeah. and like, that's one part of it, but also the posture that we take and the actions that we yeah. do while we worship like that is, and there's, I mean, there's biblical references for that. And you know, David, oh, he was yeah. a very, he was a character, um, but he, you know, he was a very physical worship oh, yeah, dancing writer. in front of the ark. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, yeah, 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 absolutely. So how would you say, so you, we kind of have this worship thing that you've sort of come on to over the past several years. What does that look like in your day-to-day life? Because worship, I mean, we are just, corporate worship is just one part of our worship experience. So when we come together on Sunday mornings, corporate worship, that's a group of us coming together, singing together, praising together. That's, but like, what does worship, what does your worship look like um, as an extension of your life? Meaning in your world, when you're at work, you know, what is, what does that look like for you? Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing, um, in my life to this point was understanding that um, this portion of my 
journey with the Lord is very short mm-hmm. on earth. Um, you know, of course it's human to get attached to earthly things, right? It mm-hmm. really is. But uh, I saw on a, I don't know if it was Instagram or something, and we've and you and I have talked about this before, but there was a gentleman speaking about this, and he had a rope, mm-hmm. and the rope like went down and out the room, and and you know it was four hundred, five hundred feet of rope, mm-hmm. and there was maybe an inch of it that was red at the tip, mm-hmm. and he said this inch represents your time on Earth, and this rope is your time with God. Yeah, and I love that, and I always try to remember that throughout my day to kind of try to remember. God has me here for some reason. I'm mm-hmm. not exactly sure what that is, but I'm here because of God. Yeah, I'm here because of the Lord. And um, I want to try to live my life in the image of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to try to do like, you know, I read the gospels and, and I've read them many times yeah. and I'm still blown away mm-hmm. by the person Christ was. I mean, it's just mind blowing to me. So, you know, like, as we always say, I hope, you know, conform to, you know, in the image of Christ Christ, for for the sake of others Mm -hmm. and to really try to do that can be challenging. But if, if I use that as a whole, as a guidance, Mm -hmm. then that's kind of how I bring that into everyday life. Right. Like I think sometimes for myself, I get too worried about things that aren't going to matter tomorrow, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, things that aren't going to matter in a year from now. Yeah. Why am I worried about that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And I think really that's kind of the Lord settles into that and is like, stop, yeah. knock it off. I love the, the way you talk about worship in, in the conversations we have. It's a very active thing Yeah, it, on Sunday mornings, yeah. but also in, you know, in our life. And we kind of, you had talked about almost this sort of uh, following the spirit. You had talked about that, yeah. a, that a few minutes ago um, that like, and, and we talk a lot about it in the worship team that we need to listen to each other and also listen to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is sort of our guide. Right. Um, and when we tap into that, we're kind of, we're tapped into the Spirit. We do things that are greater than we could have accomplished on our own. And I think that, like, it's a great parallel for, like, what, um, how we lead our lives. Like, and I see how you are a father to your kids that I think that, like, Thanks. they are crazy. I love them, but oh, they're no, not. You're, they're, you're, yeah, you're you're being kind. Yeah. But, yeah. but I think that like, I see a patience in you that is otherworldly and, and to see like a patience in a, and to, that it like transcends this understanding of, um, the, yeah, like you said a few minutes ago, like things don't matter in the grand scheme of thing. What matters is my relationship with God and yeah. what I'm doing. Um, so like, are there things that you would say that in your faith journey, and I, I know you only told us like a small portion of mm-hmm. it. I know it's, it's much longer that like, as it relates to your time in music and your time in that you really um, take with you daily. Now, like, I think that like, for me, like the, the act of practicing and the act of um, preparation is something that like, I'm so much better at that as a musician than I am in any other Avenue in my life. And I'm, it's this thing that like, I know God instilled this gift in me of music. Um, and I need to, I need to, my diligence that I take with that, I need to show in the rest of my life. So are there things like that, that you've learned in your faith and music journey, knowing that they're so intertwined, mm-hmm. but like, what are the things that you've learned about yourself or about, you know, whatever that, that shapes who you are today as the man of God that you are? Yeah. There's a lot mm-hmm. in there. Um, but you know, it's it's always interesting when we get into the talking about the act of worship, 
and, and the preparation for that. Yeah. And, um, you know, what I will say is that one of the things that really profoundly hit me was, you know, my mom, my mom passed away 16 or 17 years ago from cancer. Um, but before she did, she said to me, no matter where you're playing, no matter who you're playing in front of, remember that you're always playing to a king. Mm. And, um, you know, I know that that sounds like an audience of one. Yeah. Right. But it was before that, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool when she said that to me. And that kind of always made sense to me. So, you know, preparation for everything in your life is important. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, and we all do it a, a little bit better at times than, than others. And that's okay. Cause we're humans. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that having that kind of guidance in my life is what I try to achieve. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think it's a, it's a great answer. And yeah, I just think that that playing, we talk about this all the time that like our rehearsal. So we have a Thursday yeah. night rehearsal. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure most, so many people may not know that. And so we rehearse Thursdays from like seven fifteen to nine o'clock. Yep. And our best rehearsals are the least technical, meaning it's, it's the, we are worshiping through the figuring it out. Yeah. And I always know, almost always know that we're going to have a good Sunday when those services, when those rehearsals are, are very spirit filled and we're not getting dogged up on, well, you know, you said this was on four, not on, two, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. That can be challenging. Yeah. And I think that that's just this, this, I think that speaks to something deeper is that like when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, your priorities are a little bit different. And I think sometimes when we all fall victim to it, because again, like you said, we're not perfect that um, we, we get caught up in our own stuff and thinking, you know, I need to have my ducks in a row or if I don't have my, you know, but like, yeah, our best rehearsals are always the ones where there's just a, there's just a little bit more worshipfulness than there's, um, technical figuring things out. Like I feel like we get in the weeds sometimes. And I think that's a great example in life that when we do get in the weeds and stuff, then we lose the, who we're, who we are playing to an audience of or who we're living for. I think that's, yeah. Cause I think that goes, you don't have to be an instrument. You don't have to be a musician to, to, to play for an audience of one or to play for yeah. the King, you know? Well, you know, I, and I also think too, one of the great messages, the Bible gives us is to not overcomplicate things, mm-hmm. right? At least Jesus. I mean, you look at the parables, right? Yeah. Like it's just, things don't have to be mm-hmm. super complicated to have explanations. Yeah. I feel like our, our worship Sundays can be like that too. Like, okay guys, when, when are we getting into technical things that mm-hmm. are now taking away yeah. from the preparation or, yeah. and like you said, things have to be, be good because we want to create a good experience yeah. for the congregation. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, all right, is is this now starting to take away? Yeah. Whenever we get to the point where we're like, was well, this in six eight or twelve four or six, yeah. you know, like, and it's okay, but what is what do we feel in this moment, and how? Yeah. What's the best way to present this? Absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. I agree, and I think that that's a beautiful extension of, of our lives. That sometimes we get caught up in the dumb details of things, yeah. not dumb, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. That we we forget why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean it's easy to do, and it's easy to do. Um, with a worship team like we have, because we're, you know, thankfully we're blessed and we're bigger. Yeah. We have more equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, so you can get bogged down into, into some of those things. Yeah, but no. um, I also think that's the job of the worship leader or the music director mm-hmm. on those rehearsals to kind of pull the group back and yeah. say, um, all right, look, I understand what you're saying, but let's, let's refocus back now and, mm-hmm. and, and see if we can do this. But yeah, just any final thoughts you have um, to for our friends that are listening right now? No, I mean, I, you know, I just, I, I just would hope that um, people are getting an experience where they can really see the love that Christ has for mm-hmm. them. Um, and I hope that's what we do. And that's, you know, what we pray about every week to try to do. So, um, yeah. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for uh, hopping on today. Um, And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Please invite friends. Share this podcast with um, people that might be interested. Uh, These come out every week. Um, And if you want to know more information about the podcast or have questions, please reach out to a podcast at meethope.org. And, um, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Hope community as we continue our conversations about faith and hope. If you don't already, please join us for worship on Sundays or on demand. You can learn more at meethope.org or find us on socials at Meet Hope Church.